0: Hi everyone! Welcome to the January meeting of Citizens' Climate Lobby. I'm Flannery Winchester and I'm a member of CCL staff. Thank you so much for joining us today. As we get started, please introduce yourself. We have many of our 383 chapters joining from all around the U.S. Um, So let us know where your chapter is dialing in from and the number of people joining you today. And if you're watching as as an individual, please say hi as well. Um, This month, we'd like you to do those intros in the Q&A box so it's visible to everyone and we can all welcome each other. So we will get started. I'm assuming that everyone on this call has made a New Year's resolution to save the world. Well, you're in the right place, uh, and I'm glad you're here. So here at Citizens Climate Lobby, we want to fix climate change. That means stopping the pollution that's overheating the planet we want clean energy and a safe healthy world where we and our kids and our kids kids can live and thrive so how are we doing that well we're training and empowering you yes you specifically to talk about climate change in your community and with your members of congress your conversations your actions will make it possible to reduce carbon pollution and fix the problem and we're doing it together Liberals, Conservatives, young, old, people of all racial, cultural, and class backgrounds. It matters that you bring your perspective, your experience, your time, and talents to this work in 2024. So let's talk about what we're going to do on today's call to kick off the year. First, I'll ask you to share some of your 2023 successes and what you're excited about for 2024. So start thinking about that because I'll ask you for those in just a minute. And then we'll dive into our 2024 policy roadmap. So I'll give you an overview of the climate policy opportunities that we see for the year ahead, and then my colleague Brent Seese will walk us through the chapter action planning, uh, so that you and your chapter are ready to build strength and make an impact this year. So. I'm going to kick things off now first with a few national highlights and successes, um, because now that we're into the new year, we have our official 2023 numbers to report out on. So we wrapped up 2023 with our total meetings with Congress, including town hall participation, at 1,343. And not only that, but you generated a whopping 109,466 messages to congressional offices, too. Emails, calls, personal letters. That's incredible. You also held 2,773 outreach events. So that's talking to your folks in in, uh, your community at a tabling event or maybe giving a presentation about climate change, meeting with local business leaders, all of that. And last but not least, you got 2,142 media hits published about CCL and the climate solutions we support. So round of applause, everyone. That That's the kind of persistent work that really builds momentum for more and more policies to reduce pollution. We're just, we're starry-eyed looking at those numbers from last year. And another highlight from recent weeks is that with your generous and enthusiastic support, we hit our year-end fundraising goal. So our goal was $1.25 million, and you actually exceeded that goal, and you raised $1,271,722. So we are just blown away by the outpouring of support, uh, and we're so excited to put those donations to work for more progress this year. And as we head into 2024, we're entering the year with 220,112 supporters in the US, organized in 383 chapters. And there's another 21,388 supporters all around the world organized in 151 international chapters. Now, that was a lot of numbers. Uh, The main point that I want you to take away from that is that you are not alone in your concern about climate change. You're alongside thousands of people who are also working hard to make a difference, and adding your voice to the mix makes us even more powerful. So the other thing uh, to know is that none of those 2023 numbers I just shared would be possible without the folks on this call doing the advocacy work in the field day in and day out. So I want to show you a little highlight reel of some photos from that field work. Uh, If you were here early on the call, you might've spotted it, but um, our marketing team put this together and posted it on CCL's national Instagram account. So um, Brett, go ahead and play this for us and we'll watch it twice through because it's a short little video. And
1: with that, the 2023 season comes to an end. Good night. And with that, the 2023 season comes to an end. Good night.
0: Super cute. Thank you, Brett. Um, So that's up on our Instagram profile now, if you would like to share it or show it to anyone else to give them a feel for what your CCL work is like. Um, And now to finish rounding out 2023 and getting excited for 2024, we're going to spend a few minutes sharing in the Q&A. So I'd like for you to tell me about either an accomplishment that you and your chapter are proud of from last year or and or uh, something you or your chapter hope to achieve in the year ahead. So start sharing those in the Q&A and we'll read a few out Uh, And I'll kick things off with a few that our group leaders shared on a recent call. So Gary in Massachusetts shared that his favorite success from last year was his chapter starting to hold monthly social gatherings. We love that, getting together. Andrea in California said her favorite success was sending four young chapter members to Washington DC for our summer conference and lobbying. Luke in Colorado said something similar to Andrea. He was happy to see the engagement of new young members last year, including one under 30 who went to DC to lobby Congress. Callie in New Jersey celebrated that a volunteer stepped up to be a new member welcomer for their chapter, a critical role. Kendra in Massachusetts said she and four others in her chapter are forming a team to write letters to the editor. So they're looking forward to more published media in 2024. Howard in Minnesota says he's looking forward to getting fully engaged with the Environmental Voter Project in 2024, yes. Steve in Virginia says his chapter needs new members, so that will be a focus going forward in the year ahead. And for 2024, Dan in Rhode Island just says grow, love that. All right, so what are we seeing in the Q&A? Brett, you wanna share some of what you're seeing? We are
1: seeing a lot of love and a lot of excitement for 2024. We've got Lynn uh, excited to hold their first climate advocate training we've got joanne sharing lobby meetings with all of our state mocs we've got uh raritan valley having 11 presentations with uh, this year and a goal for 20 in 2024 revving up chapters across the country including fond du lac in wisconsin Uh, teaching climate science steve shares with solutions to 600 high school students in washington Alex sharing about Montana newspapers telling us they want us to keep submitting our op-eds and doing so with their best team publishing. And I'll give you one more here and then pass it back to you, Flannery. We've got Valerie starting a tree planting movement, five planted in an area desperate for shade. What great examples and keep them coming in the Q&A, everyone.
0: Fantastic, thank you, Brett, for sharing some of those. Um, Those are wonderful updates from everybody and some fantastic ideas for the year ahead. So thank you all for sharing. All right. So now we're going to keep the inspiration flowing with a deeper dive into 2024. So I'm going to start off by walking you through our new 2024 policy roadmap. And then Brett is going to talk through how you and your chapter can build the strength and the capacity to make even more of an impact this year. So 2024 policy roadmap. This resource is a high level overview of the policy opportunities that we see for the year ahead based on CCL's chosen policy areas and our government affairs team's insights about the political landscape. So Congress could always send us on a detour from what we talk about today, but we are planning to drive climate action in a few key ways and at key times this year. So a few things to note about 2024 as we start off the year. It's the final year of the 118th Congress and power is split between the parties so Republicans control the House Democrats control the Senate both have very slim majorities and so far this Congress we've seen that configuration actually lead to some encouraging bipartisan collaboration. It's also important to note that 2024 is an election year, so this year there's an election for every House seat for many Senate seats and for President so it's going to draw huge attention and turnout. That means that Congress is gonna focus on campaigning between August and November 5th, which is election day. So not a lot of legislating will happen during that period. With that in mind, we can push for climate policy progress at appropriate times during the year. And we can also use campaign season as an opportunity to bump climate action higher on every lawmakers priority list. And of course, another thing to think about for this year is that the overall atmosphere in the country is gonna feel even more partisan as election day approaches. So that means that our respectful nonpartisan approach to climate advocacy is especially vital. So let's take a look at the roadmap. Um, So as you can see from these signposts here, just at the beginning of the map, we've zoomed in, um, our policy work this year will happen in a few major lanes. We have carbon pricing, clean energy permitting reform, healthy forests, building electrification and efficiency, And election season. So those are our four policy areas that you're familiar with. And then election season isn't a policy area in itself, but it is a major feature in the political landscape this year, and it will ultimately influence policy. So we've included it on the map. So you'll find opportunities to take action in all of these areas during 2024. And CCL staff will give you guidance about when and how to take specific actions so that all of us chapters and volunteers are headed generally in the same direction. And you will see that guidance through our monthly Climate Action Program emails, our monthly action sheets, and in monthly meetings like this one. So beyond that guidance, you may also change lanes according to what's most exciting to your chapter or what's most relevant to your community or important to your member of Congress. So now I'll take a few minutes to talk you through the activities along the way that we've detailed on the map. And all of this information that I'm about to share is available now on the policy roadmap resource on CCL community. So you can go back and reference these specifics that I'm about to share at any time. So first up, you see this road sign uh, early in the year here says push for permitting reform. Um, So we start 2024 here from a policy perspective, because we engaged heavily on clean energy permitting reform with emails, calls and lobby meetings right up through the end of last year. Some permitting reforms passed in the summer of 2023 and then further opportunities emerged with the introduction of the Big Wires Act, which deals with energy transmission. So we lobbied on that bill in November. Um, Now, going into this year, the Big Wires Act is unlikely to move as a standalone bill. It's much more likely to pass as part of a larger legislative package. So earlier this week, we kicked off our first big policy action of the year, which was to send a message to your members of Congress, asking them to continue working in a bipartisan way for a package of clean energy permitting reform legislation. So that's one of our January actions in the action sheet, and Brett will touch on that more a little bit later. Our next road sign here says, advance the CBAM conversation. CBAM stands for Carbon Border Adjustment Mechanism, which is essentially a type of carbon pricing that uses trade policy to drive down global emissions. So the CBAM conversation really leapt forward last year. The PROVE IT Act was introduced last summer. That would require the US to start to measure the carbon intensity of certain goods compared to other countries. And then we saw two Senate Republicans put forward the Foreign Pollution Fee Act, Democrats in the House and Senate reintroduced the Clean Competition Act, Europe entered the reporting phase of its own CBAM policy, so CBAM's all over. We will continue this year to educate ourselves about this type of carbon pricing and advance the conversation to build more support in Congress. So, we've already started this. Uh, Our research team just gave a fresh training on bills that have carbon border adjustments or tariffs. That was on January 4th. And just this week, actually, news broke that the Prove It Act is about to be marked up by the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee. So, we've sent an action opportunity to folks with senators on that committee to help move that bill forward. So we'll continue to offer more opportunities for education and engagement uh, on CBAMs throughout the year. And then in blue here on the map, we come to our uh, our first little bridge across the road. This is our conservative climate conference and lobby day. So on March 19th and 20th, right of center CCLers will gather in Washington, DC to connect with each other and to meet specifically with Republican members of Congress about climate policy. The applications open today for this event. So if you're one of our conservative volunteers and you wanna join us in DC, please submit your application um, and we'll put a link uh, for where to apply in the chat right now. So that event is happening, coming up in March. And then as we continue down the road throughout the year, uh, the next sign here says, elevate climate during primary elections. So as I mentioned before, 2024 is an election year. It's important that we encourage 2024 congressional candidates from any party to have stronger, more committed stances on climate action. And so for most districts, the primary elections are going to be your best chance to elevate climate friendly candidates from either party. Primary season uh, is going to be your first opportunity to do things like asking climate questions at candidate events and town halls, or to start publishing local media, encouraging the candidates to engage on climate issues. Um, And heads up that this work is already beginning. So we have an election engagement action team, which is already prepping for phone banks, postcarding, and more mobilization around the primaries. So if this is an area of interest for you and your chapter, go ahead and jump in with the election engagement action team. And below that road sign, you can see a billboard for regional and state conferences. So throughout the year, CCL regions may organize their own regional or state conferences and lobby days to further grow their local grassroots. The first one of these is actually the Northeast Regional Conference happening the weekend of March 22nd, and registration is open for that now. Um, The conference page of CCL's website is always updated with the next upcoming events, so you can keep an eye out there for your regional event information. So then as we continue through our road signs, the next one says, build support for carbon fee and dividend. So the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act was reintroduced in the House in 2023. That's our favorite carbon pricing bill, of course. And to advance this legislation and the idea of carbon fee and dividend generally, we need to demonstrate even more support in our communities. So you can keep talking about this policy at tabling events and you can gather Energy Innovation Act constituent letters And then sometime this spring, when your representative is home from DC, you can plan a drop off of those letters to your representative's district office. And then as we come to the next curve in the road here, a whole chunk of the map represents farm bill negotiations. So the farm bill is a big diverse package of legislation that comes up for renegotiation and renewal every five years. So it should have expired in 2023, but near the end of the year, Congress passed an extension through September 2024. So we're planning to engage throughout the year and make sure that relevant climate policy is included in that package. So things like the increased TSP Access Act, which has been a secondary ask uh, in the past and healthy forest policies. And we'll also be looking to defend already allocated climate smart agriculture and forestry funding uh, in the Farm Bill. So that will be an ongoing effort in 2024. And then of course, our Summer Conference and Lobby Day. So that will be June 8th through 11th. Um, And this is CCL's biggest annual show of grassroots force. So volunteers come to Washington DC from every state in the nation to learn together and then hold hundreds of in-person citizen lobby meetings on Capitol Hill. The specific meeting focus uh, for those lobby meetings will be determined closer to the date, Um, but we do know for sure that we will be in DC this summer ready to make things happen. So as we continue down the road, um, this road sign and little neighborhood down here at the bottom of the map says educate about electrification. So the Inflation Reduction Act, which passed in 2022, includes all sorts of incentives designed to increase access to clean technology in our homes. And most of these incentives are already available, but the rest will become available in the second half of 2024. So we can educate ourselves and our communities about these opportunities and help speed up the process of electrifying buildings nationwide. CCL's electrification action team is active in this work and they're also advocating for local and state policies that promote electrification. And another way to advocate for electrification is by supporting things like the School Electrification Challenge, uh, which is an ongoing effort led by our National Youth Action Team. And then uh, the next bridge there in blue is our Inclusion Conference. So this year that's scheduled for September 20th and 21st. This annual event helps us connect across our differences. We want our organization to be as big tent and as welcoming as possible. Um, because that helps us make a big impact in our communities and on our congressional representatives. And then as we come to these last few curves in the road, the election. So the first sign says, get out the environmental vote. Because a key way that we can encourage Congress to prioritize climate change and climate action is by getting environmentalists to the polls. Um, But lots of environmentalists don't vote. So to make sure they turn out, We will encourage people at our tabling events to register and to vote. We'll be phone banking, postcarding, and canvassing alongside our friends at Environmental Voter Project all year long. Uh, And again, that work is already getting underway on the election engagement action team. And then of course, election day is on the map because we will be sure ourselves to either vote early or to turn up at the polls on election day. So then we come to our fall conference and lobbying, another Conference and nationwide round of lobbying late in the year, this time virtual. It'll be December 7th and 8th. Um, this just gives us one more chance to send Congress a big, clear message and advance our policy priorities. And then finally, we will lean in during the lame duck period. So the 2024 election results may shift the balance of power in Congress for 2025. Um, at the very least, they will mark the wrap up of the 118th Congress. So in the last few weeks of this Congress, before any changes take place in January, there may be additional opportunities to help push some climate policy over the finish line. So we'll be on high alert for those. Um, and then here at the very end of the map, uh, this little speed limit sign says, net zero by 2050. Uh, we are always keeping our eyes on the prize of cutting carbon pollution. So. Um, I will take questions in just a minute. So if folks have questions, you can put them in the the Q&A. But I do wanna also just briefly address um, things you don't see on this map. So this is a policy roadmap. Um, So there are whole portions of your work as a CCL volunteer or as a CCL chapter that you don't see reflected here. Um, In 2024, we know that you'll be out in your communities talking to folks about climate change, you'll be hosting social events and chapter meetings, you'll be making real world connections with people, your friends, neighbors, new volunteers, all of that. Um, All of that grassroots strength building is what makes it possible to make an impact on any of these policy areas that I just mentioned. Um, So that work is absolutely vital. And it will be covered more in just a bit with Brett uh, during the chapter action planning conversation in, in just a few minutes. So, that's the 2024 roadmap. Um, and now I will take your questions. We've got a few minutes. Um, so, Brett, is there anything popping up in the Q and A that I can help answer?
1: At this point, uh, the only two questions we have here: one is, did the policy roadmap take the survey results that were uh, done about six months ago from group leaders and volunteers into account? Can you tell a little bit more about kind of the formation? Of how the roadmap was created and kind of help uh, speak to Lori's question there.
0: Oh, sure, that's a good question. So the the roadmap was developed um, based on an understanding of CCL's four policy areas that we've uh, that we've said we are working in and trying to make an impact on, as well as our government affairs teams' understanding of the the policy or the political landscape this year. So it's a, it's really a synthesis. We had a lot of internal meetings, um, to distill down as best we can see down the road, um, what impact we want to try to make this year and what's possible with this current configuration of Congress, um, what we know will be happening with such as it's an election year, you know, there's not going to be much legislating happening between August and November. We tried to to with a view toward all of that, um, put that together and then uh, deliver this resource. There's a
1: couple of questions here, Flannery, about can you speak a little bit more about the conservative conference again or the inclusion conference as far as the dates or those specific audiences that we're engaging with those types of conferences as opposed to our general June conference?
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. So our, um, our summer conference and our fall conference are what we think of as organization wide. Um, So they're uh, everyone's welcome, they're intended for for everyone. Um, And then our conservative conference and our inclusion conference have more, um, more specific audiences in mind, the particularly the conservative conference is intended for right of center CCLers to um, come to DC and meet specifically with Republican offices, um, to be able to have a conversation from you know from conservative volunteers to conservative lawmakers about what might be possible on climate policy. Um, and then the inclusion conference is put on by CCL's uh, affinity action teams. And so um it is it is volunteer led. It is volunteer, uh, very volunteer driven. Um, and it's a fantastic place to come and, and learn and expand your horizons, listen, listen to people's lived experiences, their firsthand stories about, um, you know, people who may come from uh, different backgrounds or different perspectives than you. And so um and so that's the the intention of that conference. Um, and the dates are uh, on CCL's website now on our conference page. Everything um, I believe is published there. Absolutely. And yep,
1: it's it's September 20th and 21st for the inclusion conference and March 19th and 20th for the conservative conference. Sorry okay. to cut you off.
0: Oh, no, you're fine. I was just going to say I do see one. Um, I do see one question here that I can also speak to. So Please. Kat is asking, are there any pieces of legislation that got more co-sponsors or any metrics? So um, one intention that we have with this roadmap is not to just use it at the beginning of the year and then forget about it. Um, what we will do as we move through the year is actually update the roadmap with um, with evidence of our impact and our progress in each of these areas. So, um, so for example, our January action, um, our climate action program ask was to send messages to Congress about permitting reform. When that is complete, um, we will update the roadmap with a little pin drop that says, you know, 10s of 1000s of messages to Congress um, about permitting reform. And so as we go through the year, we'll actually be able to look back and see uh, the moments where we've made impact. And yes, as co-sponsors come on board as new legislation gets introduced in these different areas, uh, as things get passed out of committee included in uh, legislative packages, all of that, um, we will hopefully be able to reflect on the roadmap so we can see the, the story of how we have uh, how we have moved things forward this year.
1: Absolutely, and Flannery, thank you so much for that amazing overview. It was exactly, I think, what uh, you know we are looking forward to as volunteers throughout this country and the larger world and having kind of that clarity around how we're using our policy agenda to advance throughout the year strategically is absolutely key. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to speak to before I hop in to kind of share the, the chapter planning side of this uh, coin?
0: That's it, I will hand it over to you now, Brett.
1: I love it. Well, keep those great questions coming. And for those that haven't yet seen in the Q&A, you're also more than welcome to follow along with all the great actions and inspirational examples that we can see chapters have been submitting. You can click on that Q&A and read the great examples that people have provided. And what I'd like to do first and foremost before anything else is just thank you all and reiterate what Flannery has shared again It's so great to see so many chapters tuning in today from throughout the country, especially if you're here for your first CCL meeting today. We're so glad that you're starting the new year off with us for your climate advocacy and really look forward to getting to know more uh, more about you in the year ahead here. And we also wanna uplift Flannery's um, uh, thankfulness for all that you and your chapter did to make our year-end appeal the success it was in setting us up to be on the strongest of footing for a year ahead for the climate work we have together. So with that, what I'm going to do here for the second part of our call is dive into our chapter action plan and how you and your team can do it either today to start this off in your own chapter meetings or after today to make sure that you have one of these set to go. Because how are we actually going to make an impact in all those areas that Flannery just mentioned? By growing our grassroots strength. We are stronger organizationally, the more people we have engaging with Congress and the public, and we're more effective, the more people's voices that we represent. So this year, our CCL leaders across the country have embarked on a collective effort to help achieve this goal of growing our collective grassroots power by a process we've called our 50 state strategy. Through conversations and planning state by state, we are committed to growing and revitalizing over 100 groups across the United States, because the time is ripe for growth. And more than ever, we want an expanded network of volunteer chapters having an even greater impact in getting these effective climate solutions passed. And so that's where you come in with your chapter and your chapter action planning. Today, we have the sample action guide that I'm gonna run through to help your group plan and coordinate your areas of focus for the year ahead. And with my overview, know that we also trust you and your group to do what is best for your local politics and volunteer resources. So let's dive right in here. First and foremost, you might remember our December action sheet last month actually asked you as volunteers to do a little Venn diagram exercise created by Dr. Ayana Elizabeth Johnson, a wonderful ocean scientist and speaker that we've had at a prior fall conference. You can see that on the right-hand side here of the screen. It really is a, a wonderful activity to help you reflect on the center of what your climate advocacy is, that intersection between the activities you like doing, that you're good at, and that you also know need to get done. On the left-hand side, you can see how that might then lead to some of those centers that you've identified and that could pre-populate this chapter action plan that we'll get to in a little bit. So it's just a little bit of pre-work that's helpful. It's it's optional, it's not required, but if you wanna do it to find that useful center for you and your team, that's also linked to from our chapter action sheet. So let's dive into the actual action plan template. There's two places that you can find that. One of those is simply going to cclusa.org forward slash plan dash template. Todd's gonna put a link to that in the chat. And you can also search CCL community at any point just for action plan and find it there. And just as a little overview, this is a sheet that you will now have a link to. It's a copy that you can make for your own purposes of planning locally that has two tabs. We'll review both of these, they're found at the bottom. The default tab is your chapter action plan, so we'll start there, but we also have some wonderful example activities. If you're stuck or you're looking forward for CCL's advice on where to get started and what we think are the highest value actions, click on that example activities to get more guidance there. So the actual chapter plan is divided into three sections that we'll quickly review. There's the who's who in our chapter leadership, There's the chapter growth area focuses, where you can build your grassroots strength and develop your chapter. And then there's how your chapter is going to support CCL's broader policy focus areas for the year ahead. And again, the key with all of these areas is we've left this blank for you to fill in as much as you want. If you are a chapter of one to five people tuning in today and you have one to two things in each of these template areas, you are highly successful and know that that is the focus and the order of priority that you should be committed to this year. And if you're a big chapter tuning in from one of the metropolitan areas throughout the country, we've also given a lot more space and you can even add further rows to expand your areas and what your group's up to. So first off, let's talk about the who's who. This section is basically where you we ask you to fill in your chapter leadership. This might be a good time for you to delegate and figure out you know, if you do have one or two leaders, where and how you can form more teams. We also have some links to additional chapter responsibilities to engage more volunteers and enable your chapter to get more done. And it's also obviously more fun to do that work together as we know. So here's what that might look like filled out if you've got one or two group members that are in those leadership roles. And here's what that might look like if you have a bigger team that's working across a bunch of different areas and teams and focuses, including having people designated to work specifically with your media or your grass tops leader or maybe even have a specific team like the electrification action uh, that you're doing within your local chapter. We've seen a couple of those examples in the chat here today. All right, so beyond that, we also are focused on the key objective of growing our chapters and supporting that growth throughout the country, right? And so what we wanna do in section two of the template is fill that in with your plans for 2024 and if you haven't yet started to think about what that looks like, today is a perfect opportunity for you to start thinking about some of those areas where your chapter can gain more members, more diversity, more allies, more capacity. For a few of these growth areas, write down that first task, you know, you can kind of pre-fill it in even before your meeting, if you will, and then start thinking about as a chapter, who are those designated leads and what are those activities to help get you there for your goal for 2024? This is a reminder that we have those example activities. So for example, say that you really want to help boost the welcome team that your group has to really encourage and engage new volunteers, especially since January is one of our busy months for people signing up for New Year's resolutions to get engaged in new activities. Well, you can see here from this example activities tab that we've helped fill in a sample activity that you could just simply copy in. If you want to help onboard new volunteers, you could. Define your local welcome team, develop a system that welcomes new joins within that first day with local details of how they can plug in. And then help pair those new joins with somebody that's a local mentor to kind of serve them as a chance to help welcome them and let them know what your chapter is up to. You might even go through your overall chapter action plan for the year and learn about their interests on how they can plug in. So we filled that out across a lot of the other strategic areas too. I won't review all those on the call but you can check that out again on the example activities. If you're looking for what our key recommendations are, some sample ways that you can get filled in on that chapter growth section. You can see for a bigger group, this is what might that look like here fully filled in. We've got Lizzie Jones leading the welcome team efforts for this sample chapter. We've got Jonesy Lizzo leading the diversification for membership. And we've got Marge Belfer forming a monthly meeting planning team with specific goals, activities and timelines for each of those a great little sample clip of what that might look like. So this is a great opportunity now to review our five levers of political will, lobbying, grassroots outreach, grass tops engagement, media relations, and chapter and volunteer development, all of them critical for the work that we're doing to build momentum for climate solutions. And for this last section across our policy focus areas, you're probably gonna be able to think about for the areas that your team's up to, Maybe you are on fire for carbon fee and dividend and that's really your exclusive focus locally. Or maybe you're trying out, like we heard about with some of those sample activities, a tree planting activity and really building out healthy forest development and equitable tree canopy throughout your neighborhood. You can think about in this next section, each of those policy focus areas and what levers you might pull to actually achieve the goals that you're setting for your group this year. So you can see for a chapter of one to five, you might be focused exclusively on educational uh, tabling and really reaching out and figuring out how to schedule those activities and having a goal of four tabling events for the year ahead. If you wanted to build out uh, a chapter that uh, has more people, this is what might uh, that section might look like with a bit more variety and focus across different areas. And again, if you're looking to build from that Venn diagram of what those center of chapter advocacy that you've identified individually, that's a great place to start to put those answers right here in the policy focus area to really help then use this template to build out what that looks like and who's gonna be involved. All right, so with that, what I'd like to do is also encourage people, once your plan is done, the following consideration, let's ensure that everyone knows what's in it. You wanna do three things with that. Number one, help your new volunteers find out about this plan once it's finalized by putting a link to it on your homepage. You also want to make sure to email that out to your updated chapter members so that they can see what you're up to. And is a little advertisement for those that couldn't maybe make the meeting where you plan this, how they can plug in. And it's also a great opportunity for you and your teams if you're checking with other individuals in the community or volunteers, again, that couldn't make it to say, hey, here's some of the areas that we're up to. Are there things that you'd like to do to plug in and connect with us to help kind of build out that momentum? And as a final review for the importance of our chapter action plan, what our hope is here and supporting you is that overall, this can do three things. Number one, help you and your current chapter members feel organized and focused on what feels most effective and aligned with your group's interests. Number two, we also hope that it helps your new volunteers find out easily what you're up to and how to jump in feet first and plug into those efforts that you're up to. And lastly, we want you to help connect to our larger sense of what we're doing organizationally. How does your chapter's efforts and focus stack up with the work that we're doing nationally and internationally to advance strong climate policies? We're really excited to see what you come up with and an encouragement also to share in the forums what you and your team have found to be most helpful in that planning. What I'd like to do briefly is also review the other actions in January. We also have a chapter development action to welcome and onboard new folks We see a surge of new people joining in January when folks make New Year's resolutions to help work towards climate solutions. So we want you and your team to think about how you can introduce your new volunteers to chapter team members, talk about them with their interests and skills and help them find activities that are a good fit for them. A little reminder that we have wonderful resources in the action sheet to help you do that. And the onboarding action team, for those of you that have loved following it or maybe had a chance yet to find out about it, I put a link to it in the chat. You can easily click that. They've got their rebooting meeting this month, January 23rd at 12 p.m. Eastern. Find out more and ask questions there from their homepage. We also want to, this month, encourage environmentalists to vote in the primaries. We know that as an organization, CCL is ramping up as Flannery reviewed, with our election engagement work in 2024. A special shout out, especially to all the great work that Tony Cernan's staff has been organizing on that and the great leadership across the country of people engaging already with that. So we're getting an early start so we can have more impact during the primary season. And we encourage you to use our election season materials in your tabling. We've just rolled out and updated those and also work closely with the Environmental Voter Project to get more environmentally minded people to vote in every election. And then lastly, we have a action all about mobilization. And so this month for our Climate Action Program, we are engaging everyone to write to Congress to advocate and stay focused for the year ahead, just like the roadmap starts out strong for bipartisan clean energy permitting reform. You can do it in under three minutes. If your chapter has a mobilization manager, they can dive right in and give that tool to give a demonstration. And you can even do that right now after our call today simply go to cclusa.org forward slash take action and have the chance to jump right in and do this activity with the rest of that volunteer leadership. So far, we've already got 5,000 actions generated on that. And just to reiterate as well, as Flannery shared earlier, don't forget that CCL's conservative conference application is open today. The conference is gonna be in DC, March 19th and 20th for our right-of-center volunteers. And you can go to cclusa.org forward slash conference to apply and find out more. And a shout out, especially to all of our upcoming regional conferences. I know that the Northeast and the Southeast and California and several others are planning to launch this spring. From that page, you can also check and click on the regional conferences link to find out more information as well. So what I'd like to do in closing today is actually honor and pause to acknowledge that this coming Monday is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. This holiday offers a wonderful chance to connect in our own communities with acts of service and events that important civic groups are putting on to honor the life and legacy of Dr. King. And I encourage each and every one of us to take a moment to check on what's going on where you live. I know that my family is planning on going to the Martin Luther King Jr. breakfast here that the NAACP is hosting in Duluth. And this connects also to a conversation that I was recently having actually with my dear friend and fellow CCLer, Debbie Chang, who we all heard from in October this past year, about a conversation about especially in Alabama where she lives and leads her chapter, The Importance of Dr. King's Legacy. Debbie was sharing with me about her reflections on the Montgomery bus boycott and how it's informed her own role as a group leader still today for CCL. We were all taught about Rosa Parks and that Dr. King was a public face for the boycott in school. But in that conversation, we reflected on the importance of recognizing that the vast amount of organizing and networking that happened to make that boycott a success it was, was on different smaller and less publicized matters over the 10 preceding years. That once the boycott started, even then there was more organizing that needed to happen behind the scenes. The people in the community were riding the bus for 10 cent fares, going to jobs and school, and not having the bus was a hardship, but they kept it up for over a year for 386 days. How? Not without support. First, they had a mass community meeting where Dr. King gave his iconic speech. Then boycotters organized alternative transportation for everyone, which also included the services for everyone as a community to support each other, not only with shoes to replace the tattered footwear, of Montgomery citizens, many of whom walked everywhere rather than ride buses. But across the nation, black churches raised money to support the boycott and collect and support those activist groups to catalyze both fundraising and boosting morale. And I'm hoping here that each of you on the call sees the parallels to our own work hearkening back to what you and your chapters are up to. Lots of the planning needed to happen for the bus boycott before the exciting action part took place. Mobilizing that occurred over those first five iconic days back in December was only possible because of the months and years planning that came before. Sustaining the effort of the public's morale also required thought and planning and effort, and it needed to happen over a long period of time. And so what's the takeaway? Well, this weekend, as we reflect on the legacy of Dr. King, don't be discouraged by how long things can take interactivism. The brave people in the bus boycott endured not just the inconvenience, that they faced, but also the brunt of racism, intimidation, and violence. We might not be facing those same conditions today where we live, but we have our own challenges and we can draw inspiration from their example and know that through our hard work, the change we wish to see in the world will happen in no small part due to our advocacy and engagement And so for all of that, I say thank you to each and every one of you tuning in live or listening in later to this call, diving in headfirst on what we're embarking to do together in our year ahead. There is no group of people I'd rather be doing this with, and I look forward to making this year happen and making those waves together. So with that, I will pass it back to you, Flannery, and again, thank you all so much for your hard work.
0: Thank you, Brett. Um, And thank you, everyone, for being here today. I think I speak for all of us on staff when I say we are just so excited to see what you're going to make happen this year, and we are here to support you every step of the way. So that's all we've got for you today. Thank you for being here, um, and we will take a few minutes now to say goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.